Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm going to talk about tackling the area of unbelief, how to overcome that. And that is a spirit, it's a, it's a condition of the heart, it's a condition of the mind that Jesus talked a lot about. Before I get there, the ultimate picture for us is each one of you is to carry uh, a ministry. We know that the ministry of reconciliation, which means that you have the ability to reconcile someone that doesn't know Jesus to Christ. You're like a bridge or a vehicle or a go-between, a mediator or pathway. That's what you do. But the other thing is you're to carry, you're to carry the demonstration of God's holy presence as an earthen vessel. You're to carry what is called an open heaven. It's an interesting term in the New Testament, Old Testament, but it's simply this, that God wants to open up the heavenlies, His realm, His place, His domain, and release the fire of His presence, the Holy Spirit. Now, He wants to ignite something on the inside. So it's just not about Christian conformity. It's about God alive on the inside. So He's doing life from the inside of you, out not from the outside, and religion does this way. It gives you expectations, like a code of ethics, uh, things that you, like you're supposed to do, expectations and that, and it sits in front of you, and you don't match those things sometimes, so you feel like you're always trying to reach out for that. That borders into religion. It's conformity. Okay, I grew up like that in a, in a great home, a great home of dad and mum, but essentially my experience was a churchy, or churchianity, or was like a, um, a, a conforming to some rules and uh, expectations. When What Jesus does, Jesus comes through the power of the Holy Spirit and sets up His dwelling inside you. You become a new creation. But He does life on the inside, so He helps you. Remember, He's the enabler, the, He's a sister, and He helps you, not the sister, but the a sister. Okay, so He, he helps you on the inside. So in other words, if you wanted to despise or look down on somebody, something within you just wants to love that person in return. Maybe somebody said something very unkind to you or something uncharitable, but something within you rises up and you're able to overcome that with compassion. You, you see what I'm saying? And uh, you want to hold back from somebody, uh, but all of a sudden there's a generosity that comes out of your soul towards somebody. That's Christ inside us doing life out of us okay now an open heaven is a little bit different an open heaven the bible talks about you shall receive power or dynamo force or might they're kind of like proactive terms but god the kingdom of god advances it's not passive it's not stationary it's always changing it's always helping it's always assisting it's always loving somebody it's always inspiring somebody it's always empowering somebody. You, you see what I'm saying? It's proactive. And so it's, it's a go forward. Uh, with an open heaven, if we don't have an open heaven over us, then the demonic realm begins to sit like a cloud or a wet blanket or a cloak over a people and over a community. And you will find there's the propagation of every manner of evil. 
So you go into some cities and some continents that do not lift up Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There's no real expression of Christianity. And what you find is like the heavens are shut and tight. And sometimes the atmosphere, it's an atmosphere of timidity or intimidation and fear. But when you have a church that's preaching Jesus Christ, you have born again believers that are bold in their faith. It's like the shaft of life begins out of your life to open up the heavens. The Bible in Isaiah talks about render the heavens open and it makes it easier for other people to come around your life and be impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I will actually teach at some point about an open heaven and what it does for you. But one of the things we've got to do, we've got to pray, God, open the heavens. Because when He opens the heavens, and here's our scripture, Luke 11, the Bible talks about in the Lord's Prayer, the kingdom of God would come to earth as it replicates heaven. Uh, the kingdom of God, God's love, His joy, His peace, the presence of God would begin to manifest and come amongst us in the power of God. Uh, we, we've talked lots about there's no poverty, there's no depression in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no bitterness. There's no rejection in heaven. And so when we're talking about when Jesus said, let the kingdom of God come to earth as it is in heaven or to the degree that is in heaven. We should pray, God, the heavens begin to open up over my family. Because when the, ho when the heavens open up, do you know what? Things become clear. It's true. All of a sudden, you know exactly what to do. No confusion. You know what to do. Uh, there's a boldness that comes. There's incredible boldness. There's a forthrightness. You become unashamed. You become bold. You're not afraid. You're not intimidated because you're resourced by a higher power, the kingdom of God. You see, if you separate yourself from the kingdom of God, you are living in the context and the confines of your own resources. So that means you're limited. But when you're with Jesus and there's an open heaven, you're unlimited. Then what happens? It's now God in you, working through you. It's now God amongst us. But as soon as God isn't here amongst us, we've closed the heavens because of separation and sin and lack of appreciation, lack of gratitude or uh, you know, lack of response towards some. The heavens begin to close up or over our life. When the heavens are closed around our life, depression comes in, discouragement comes in, uncertainty comes in, confusion comes in. Uh, there's a term that I'm getting, but it's, uh, it's like contention and arguing begin to come and irritation begins to come in. A tiredness, exhaustion, because we're doing things in our own strength. In Jude 3, it says this, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend earnestly. There are some things we have to fight for. I don't know if you've got a battle on your hand right now. Maybe you've got a financial battle. Could be a land or a family battle. Maybe it's an internal battle. Ever fought with yourself? You go to bed at night time really tired and angry and you're upset with yourself. You, you're sort of wrestling with the sheets during the night and you get up in the morning, you're still upset and annoyed with people, annoyed with yourself. battling on the inside. Man, Jesus brings peace. When Jesus enters your soul and you allow him in. We've got a territory on the inside and sometimes we let him in this area. 
but we don't let him in that area. But God wants to come in in entirety because remember, he's dedicated to giving us abundant living. It's amazing. Abundant life. Uh, abundant life is not just in the area of finances, in the area of uh, ministry, in the area of, it's to do with your health. It's to do with your spiritual well-being. He wants you to feel good on your side. Uh, inside, not feeling bitter or resentful or hard done by or, or a chip on the shoulder or victim mentality or uh, these kinds of things. No, God wants, He wants to come in and set up His domain. So you begin to think because what you do is important, but how you think is critical. Unbelief, I believe, is a spirit, but it's also a condition of the heart. Remember, it's a condition of the mind. And we have to fight for faith. That's the scripture in Jude 3. We need to war. We need to contend for our faith. We need to break the shackles of unbelief, cynicism, skepticism, rationalization, reason. Uh, we need to, you, God, we're to love God with all of our mind. But what happens is this, we allow our mind to be the idol, like humanism or secularism, because God is spirit. And God, the word of God is logical. But what happens if we just uh, have critical thinking about life and we've got to come up with reasons why not and reason this, I'm telling you that it does ourselves a disservice. At some point, we need to lay down our own arrogance and our, our own human pride and come before the Father who is spirit and say, I believe you and what's more, I trust you. Because there are people in this room this morning, you believe God exists, you know Jesus Christ exists but you have a hard time believing him for your situation. That's unbelief. And unbelief can sit on a community. It can sit on a people group. It can sit on a congregation. It can sit on a family or, or a couple. It can sit on an un individual. And it's like what unbelief does, it closes the heavens. It actually separates you off. What God is wanting is someone who's, who's in truth and someone who's, uh, he's looking for those who worship in truth and those who worship in spirit. And what happens is unbelief, it's a disconnect. So when it comes to praise and worship, we sing the songs and this is what goes through our mind. It sounds good. That was nice. People seem to be alive. There's a dynamic here. Happy clappy, uh, happy clappy, yeah. Uh you know, whatever. But no, on the inside, there's nothing jumping on the inside. And it's not always about you dancing or doing somersaults or all this. No, but it's something alive on the inside. It's like you've engaged. But what unbelief does, unbelief actually disconnects you that God is not with me. God does not love me. He's not looking at me. He's not concerned about my well-being. He's not interested in my life. Uh, you know, and what it does, it actually separates. And, and let me just chuck some things out about unbelief. Did you know in the book, I think it's Revelation 21, where it says it actually lists sins that goes into the lake of fire. And it talks about murderers, uh, those who are immoral, breaking covenant. And it talks about cowardiceness. And then it talks about unbelievers shoved in, will go. That's kind of like the, it's the picture of people's lives that have got internal idols and haven't really surrendered their life to Jesus. Going into the lake of fire, the Bible refers to that as a secondary death after you die. And the Bible talks about a separation place. There's a holding pen called Hades, but ultimately... Uh, in the great white throne, the judgment, those who do not have Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior end up going to a complete separation. There's no God. And the Bible talks, Jesus talked a lot about that area. 
And then others will go with us, will go into a place called paradise, the new Jerusalem, which will be set up on earth. And there's a whole teaching around that. But guess what? When you look at Revelation 21, guess what gets chucked in the fire as number two and number one? Number one is the cowardly. That's number one. It's listed. John, the Riveter, listed that as number one that's going to be chucked in. Now, I guess he, he could have had the murderers first or the, uh, the thieves first or the greedy first or the selfish first, but it's just, it's like a picture, cowardiceness, where we are concerned, but never enough to do anything. Never enough to love thy neighbor as thyself. So that's the first one. But one, number two is our story is unbelief. Unbelief. And I, I thought about this this morning. I thought about some of the things that we get up to in life that, that aren't good. I began to analyze the amount of unbelief that is around some of our sins. Because sometimes the sin is not the root, but unbelief is. It's just a lack of trusting of God. Samuel got himself in the hot, uh, Saul got himself in the hot water just because he couldn't believe God and couldn't trust God. Ananias got themselves into a whole lot of problems. You go through David got himself into a whole lot of problems. But ultimately, it's because we never trusted what God says. We, didn't, we couldn't trust Him, or, or, or we came to a place where we cannot believe, or refused to believe, or didn't believe the Word of the Lord. Unbelief is like a major disconnect. It disconnects us, you ready, from actually mixing faith with the promises of God. So we read the, the Bible intellectually. It's like a historical book. I remember my speech and drama teacher years ago. I said to her, and I said, do you believe this book is inspired by God? And uh, she said to me, no, I actually believe it's like it's a historical book or it's a book of poetry. And I thought, man, <sighs> all right, I come back and I have to work on you. It's not a book of poetry, though it has poetry in there. It's not a book of history, though it's a historical book. This is alive. That's why countries, it's contraband. They want to get rid of it because it will change a generation of people. Okay, I want to submit to you this is I believe religion is over the island of Rarotonga. It is. It's a spirit of religion. If you were to say China, you would say communism sits as a stronghold over that nation. Some nations are intellectualism. Some nations have a national spirit of pride and it's just, it's a bit excessive, okay? There are different things that sit over, over nations, but think about this, religion sits over the Polynesian communities, and I say this respectfully, where there is a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. We do not believe in the gifts of the Spirit for today. We do not uh, believe in the fivefold ministry is for today. A, don't even believe that uh, about the demonic entities and the demonic realms. And what it is, before you know it, you've got a sandwich with the meat gone. Or you've got the shell that's arrived up on the beach, the animal's gone. And so, so there are some strengths in our community. Of course there are. I think we've got some great strengths that override all that. But I think what has happened is the promise of God to have revival in our nation has been resisted by religion and legalism. You guys will understand that. Now, religion, religion propagates unbelief. You've got to hear me in the spirit. You've got to hear what I'm saying prophetically. We've got to get unbelief out of the church. We're talking about driving the enemy 
out of the church, we've got to drive unbelief off our children. I mean, when our children say, Mama and Dad, I'd like to be this in life, and you say, Ah, oh, you'll never be like that. Your cousin might be. You just put a spirit of unbelief upon them. Why do we have to be in the shadows? He puts the vision. He puts the passion inside you, and you can become. Praise the Lord. Only time Jesus was shocked in the Word of God, twice in his humanity, he was shocked. Number one, he was shocked in his own hometown when they had familiarity. He was limited. He was limited to what he could do, only a few miracles in his hometown. Uh, the only other time, he, 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 the Bible says this, uh, the guy was, uh, he says to Jesus, oh my goodness, he said, you don't even have to come to my house. My servant is, is dying, he's sick, but if you just speak out the word from your place, from this geography, from here to my house, he will be healed. All you have to do that. And Jesus, the Bible says, he marveled. He was shocked and in awe. He marveled because of the man's faith. He said, oh, I've never seen such great faith. Jesus, that there's no record of him being shocked at all. Only twice. It was to do with faith. It was to do with unbelief. We need to contend with this thing. Every time we begin to doubt God, doubt His Word, doubt the potential that God has got with us, that's like a spirit whispering into our mind. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he that comes to God must know that God is and that He's rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Husbands and wives, it's about time we hook together in covenant prayer and begin to pray down the kingdom of God. Pray down the opportunities. Pray down the resources. Pray the manifestation of Jesus. Pray for the healings on our kids. Pray for their salvations. But we get hit with distraction. We get hit with contention. We get hit with rivalry and I don't want to pray in this. And we get hit with unbelief I think we need to break through and push through till we get it if the Tasha and I can do it and some of our leaders do it then you can do it yes you can it's just a case of somebody you say well my wife's a little bit more spiritual doesn't make any difference doesn't make any difference who's spiritual or not it's who's going to rally around the the flag rally around the prayer and begin to push through in the things let's give the Lord a hand this morning okay when we get into unbelief real quick, you know what happens? Unbelief, we stagnate. We stagnate on the inside. Uh, we're supposed to remember to go from faith to faith, encounter to encounter, glory to glory. We just begin to stagnate on the inside. And you know what? We become like a stunned mullet in the spirit. We just become incredibly nice person, but we're locked in. We just become a nice Christian. Well, let me tell you, nice Christianity doesn't save a depraved, broken, lost well. I tell you, love does. It's compassion, proactive. It's going into the world. But what happens, we begin to lose our love. And when the spirit goes, remember I told you? It's like that little animal, the shell on the beach. The animal's gone. We look like it's like the car. Man, what a beautiful car, but it's going nowhere because it's got no petrol and it's got no oil inside. Does it look good? Yes, it does. But there's no life force. There's no Zoe life. There's no God life on the inside. We're just a nice Christian, but going nowhere. We become overwhelmed because we're now trying to fuel life and it's no longer streamlined and fluid. We're now trying to do life with us, our own limited resources, rather than tapping into unlimited power. Do you know what happens when we get this unbelief around us? I've written here, we become familiar with the things of God. It's true. Unbelief locks you in 
Hebrews 3.19, I'm gonna close soon. So we see that they could not enter in the promised land because of their unbelief. Paul writes, are you telling me that was the key characteristic? They didn't have unbelief. They couldn't trust God for breakthrough, so they remained. When we came to Jesus, we said, I surrender all. I give you my finances. I give you my time. I give you my talents. I give you my heart. I give you my aspirations. I give you my affections. I give you all. I want you to take now my broken life. And Father God, I humble my pride. I humble myself. We've all sinned. We've all done wrong. Some big and some small. We've all done wrong. And I accept you into my life. I ask you to come in. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.